Today is July 24th. Happy Shark Weekends, guys. For those of you who do not partake in the viewing of sharks all week, there's still Pirates Baseball on as well. You're listening to the Bridge to Bucktober podcast. Let's go. Yes, guys. Thank you for listening to the Bridge to Bucktober podcast, where we talk all about them Pittsburgh Pirates and that. My 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 name is Josh. My my name is Nosh. What's up, Jake? <laughs> hey, man. What's up? <laughs> it's great. I it's love great the great start. starts. Uh, listen, great I could just start. back this up and do it all over again, and no one would ever know. But I just feel like that's not uh, how we do things. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I got my I got my overhead light on too. I just realized that's fine. Looks fine. It doesn't matter. No, um, we were a little distracted getting started here. Mm-hmm. Um, we got to watch an episode of Shark Week. Yeah, we found out that the the great white shark was the whole reason the megalodon doesn't exist anymore. Yep, they stole all the food. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. Um, hey man, I still like Shark Week. <laughs> <laughs> the episode before that was kind of interesting, mm-hmm. but no, yeah, still the Megalodon like stuff Week. is kind of is kind of yeah. almost they, they do one every year on the first night, and it's always like it's just I don't know, man. <laughs> this was probably the least far fetched one I've I've heard. Yeah, like sometimes they go a little overboard with it. This one's probably the least far fetched. It makes sense. Why did they get extinct? Yeah. Well, because what they say it takes a lot more food. To mm-hmm. feed a giant than it does to, yeah, whatever. Yeah. So if you were wondering, you got night one of Shark Week figured out already. The Meg extinct because of the Great White. Yep. Now on to baseball. <laughs> <laughs> let us know, guys. I've already seen some tweets out there, some people enjoying the Shark Week, but let us know. I'm a big, uh, I'm a big Shark Week fan. Have been since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I really have been. So I get kind of excited for it and kind of cool this week. Um, you know, spoiler alert, we're playing the Padres next, um, which I think is kind of cool that we're West Coast in it right now during Shark Week. Um, but also games don't start till like almost 10 o'clock. So there's time to watch like an episode and a half of Shark yeah. Week while you're waiting for the ball game to start. Because I think they start at eight every night, like eight, nine and 10 or something like that. But anyway. Let's get on to some baseball. Yeah. I didn't open up the transactions page because I'm on top of things. Um, what was it that was actually done? I think that was it. It was Jose Hernandez. Yeah. That's it. We just did our transactions talk. Jose Hernandez yeah. was the move as we thought he would be. Um, and he got in a couple games here. Struck out Shohei. Yeah. We'll talk about Shohei a little bit tonight because if you're if you play the Angels, you can't help but talk about Shohei. Right. So we'll do we'll touch on that a little bit. Um, talk about the Angels series, offense and pitching, a little bit of both here tonight, uh, just to kind of cover them. And then a little bit about the future Buckos. It's getting that time of year where we're starting to think about next year. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got a couple things to go over there, and then we'll 
preview what we can of the Padres series and and uh, just kind of go from there. Uh, where do you want to start here? You want to you want to start with offense pitching. You want to just go right into the series and just kind of cover um, the games. I you know we don't do like recaps of the games all that often. There are some moments that we may do, but we don't really do that. But I'm just kind of curious what you know what you want to lead off with if you have a preference. I don't really have uh, you know me. I don't have much of a preference on that stuff. I, I mean. I didn't know if you were raring to go on any of these things. So anyway, let's go ahead because <laughs> I'll say this. There was a couple things about the series that were that kind of stuck out to me that are different from like the other things that we're going to talk about. Um, one of them was Friday. I felt like it was a very Angels type of loss on Friday, right? And I know mm-hmm. that we like to say things like, oh, this team just pirated their way out of a win here. But, like, it's different when you angels your way into a loss. We hit four home runs in the game. We had a guy hit two home runs, and we lose. (laughs) You know what I mean? And that's what I'm – it's like every night you're like, oh, Shohei Otani had 15 strikeouts. He was two for three with a home run and a double, and the Angels lose seven to one. You know, it's like, (laughs) what? (laughs) Yeah. How in the world? And I feel like that's what happened to the Pirates on Friday is I felt like we put together a nice game yeah, and lost. Um, the other thing was Bednar, and I don't know if this goes under the pitching thing, but let's go ahead and go into pitching as we talk about, as we, as we kind of start with Bednar. Bednar Saturday was shaky, and I, I bring it up because <laughs> um, when I'm watching this, I was thinking to myself, uh, I think I I tweeted it out. Get him out of the game after the after the second walk. He had walked. He had hit by pitch. He'd walked. Now, in the midst of all this, I noticed that the four pitch walk really threw me off, and so I started looking some things up. and And I'll admit it, I I completely missed the strikeout, <laughs> and I texted <laughs> you because you had just gotten off work, and I yeah. said, "He's got the bases loaded, no outs." And then I looked down after the double play, and they were like, "The game's over." And I was like, "That's only." T- Oh, there was another out. So I went back and was like, okay, so walk, strike out. Okay. The command was not there at all. No, and in, in, in the Oscar Marine trip, like what I would love to be a fly on the wall in that mound visit. And the mound visit was was it when the bases were loaded or was it after the hit by pitch? I think it was after he loaded the bases. No. Yeah, I think it was after I'm not I'm not sure. I just I just remember because they were showing yeah. like I was watching quick pitch or whatever. And they were showing it, and they sh- they were showing Oscar Marine out there. I didn't see the situation, but just to be a fly on the wall, like because because you can imagine what has to be said to David Bednar to get him to get right. Like you just go out there and yell at him. Mm. <laughs> what are you doing? Straighten up. Get us out of this. Do your job. And Bednar is probably like, <laughs> yeah, let's do it. <laughs> It's so funny that that was your Bednar voice. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, I, yeah. He did. He threw a ball, and then he had a called strike, a swinging strike on a ball that was out of the zone, and then he threw 97 at the at the top of the zone again for strike three against Mustakas. Uh, but walking Taylor Ward on four pitches where one of the pitches was close. Yeah. Then he throws two way high. 
to go 2-0 on on uh Matt as it Tees? Is it Tice? With Thice? I could never figure out what they were saying. Um, but either way, then he just hits him in the foot. Like none of them were close. You're talking about seven, well, you know, seven balls that were not even close, really. But then the Mustaka's kind of in the middle of that. And then he goes to Renfro, which was a longer at bat. Um, you know, he battled off some pitches there, and it was an eight-pitch at bat. He ended up losing him too. And that's when I was like, okay. What are we gonna do? We got Trey Cabbage getting up, who has has you know shown to hit the ball, hit his hit his first homer in the series, and so it just kind of was like, really. And after that walk, I I thought to myself, and I and I said it, I was like, I think we got to get him out of here. Like he's he's not anywhere near. Yeah, you you sent that message to me. I you just to get him out. Sometimes you gotta recognize when he doesn't have it. Yeah, you know what I mean, and. You st- he starts it off with two balls that were not even close to the zone. And I don't care if it's the middle of the at-bat or not. When you're 2-0, like, I don't know. I'm a little bit indifferent on this. I would say get him out of there. But just because yeah, you're like, I the would... game's on the line, but then at the same time you're like, yeah, but it's Bednar. And so, like, in the moment I was I was like, we got we to gotta get we gotta do something different. But you kind of trust your guy there. And if yeah, he gives it... up the hit there – do you then move on? Do you let him go? What do you do? No, I mean you'd get him out. I mean, it, it, I, I'm I'm completely against taking a guy out in the middle of an at bat unless it's an okay. injury. I'm just you. If you let him start the at bat, you let him finish it. Okay. Uh, but but yeah, that's if he gives up the hit right there, then you you got to make the change or a walk or a walk. And then you're bringing somebody in and putting them up against it. You know what I'm saying? Right. You'd already used a lot. Well, not not really even as many as you would think. Only four pitchers used before Bednar in in an opener game. Mm-hmm. When Beto, who was you know the bulk, or I forget what the, I forget what Craig Brown was calling him on there, maybe bulk, which is what it, I mean, what it really is. But the guy who's really set to go deep still only went three innings, which I. I was kind of hoping if you do an opener like that, give me four. Give me, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but either way. Well, they let Baraki go into the second inning, didn't they? Yeah, he went he one and two thirds. Yeah. And then Beto goes three innings, and then Hernandez comes in after one out, and he goes, or well, how does that work? No, it would have been after two outs. Mm-hmm. He came in to finish the inning, and then – he pitched a full inning and then started the next one because he went one and two thirds. And then Majinski finished that inning, went the full eighth inning. So like they got multiple innings in a way from, from each of them, but would have been nice to see Beto go one more inning. Yeah. But then again, maybe not. Maybe that's why they were doing it that way. Maybe it's second time through the lineup or whatever for Beto that, that is a struggle, you know? So I, you know, I, I didn't get to hear any of their thought process on why they were going that way. I'm, I'm making assumptions because, I mean, they're pretty obvious assumptions. You know what I mean? <laughs> like these are pretty obvious things why they would do this. But right. as far as Beto going three instead of uh, any deeper than that, uh, I thought it was. I thought it was interesting. Um, I'm just kind of looking through here. 
So more on the pitching there. Oviedo goes on Friday night and starts off really well. Pirates get a lead in the fourth and then five runs in the fourth inning. Oviedo finishes the fourth, but those five runs were enough. Three walks, four strikeouts, gave up two homers in the inning. Only three hits, but it's another one of those Oviedo starts where there's an inning that just gets away from him and he can't get out of it. Yeah. And if you guys listened last week, and I don't I don't want to rehash this too much, so don't let me go too far down this. But if you listened last week, I went on a little bit of a rampage about Rich Hill. And you know, this is kind of Rich Hill's thing. When he gets into trouble or he gets ticked off, he stinks and it keeps piling up on him. And we also mentioned that he was being really good for Oviedo because when he's not pitching, Oviedo's in his ear. They're always together. They're always talking. And I almost wonder, he's not going to help him here. (laughs) (laughs) If this is his problem, Rich Hill's not the guy to help him here because he does this. He lets it, you know, escalate. On himself. And if that's Oviedo's problem, we need to figure it out from someone else. <laughs> Not from Rich Hill. Right. That's funny. But I it is really, kind of, I never really thought about it. I hadn't either. To be honest. And then know? I was just sitting here thinking it through and everything. And I'm like, man, that's his, it's his thing, man. Whether it's the first inning or in this case, the fourth inning, when it starts to pile on him, it continues to. And that's one of the things that young pitchers have to figure out especially guys that come up who have stuff, who have the ability to pitch a really good game, as we've seen Oviedo do multiple times. But it's just that whether, like I said, a lot of times it has been the first inning, but whether it's that first inning or another inning in there where he just kind of loses it, and sometimes he comes back after that yeah. and pitches three, four innings that are that are good when it's the first inning. This one's going to chase him out of the game, you know what I mean? And I mean, he's at, I don't know. I think he was around 75 pitches or so. So it's not like he was gassed in that way, but they were on him. It's time to, you know, it's time to move on. And then Hernandez comes out and, you know, he gets some strikeouts, but uh, ultimately that whole thing. And it it was a mess and three strikeouts, but he throws two thirds of an inning. I think that says enough gives up two home runs. I mean, you know what I mean? So first day off of the IL, it is what it is. Um, but we'll get more into some of the offensive performances here, uh, of those games later on. Uh, Moretta looked good again. And then, you know, the rest of the game was fine. Uh, dude, Perdomo continues to be effective. He pitched twice. Um, he did give up the, the solo Homer on Sunday, but outside of that, um, he just continues to be decently effective, in his in his appearances, so I don't really know. But what is there to say about? Well, before I do it, I mean chronological here. We talked about Barucki and Beto and all that stuff. Kudos to that. I mean they they shut him out that night. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And that plan seems to work in that way. Is you can't get comfortable with anybody in that scenario. Right. So kudos to everybody there. That's Barucki, Beto, Hernandez, who came, who was a bounce back right there. Great bounce back outing for Hernandez. Uh, yep. Majinski was good, Bednar. Um, and, and when we'll talk about, uh, Majinski in particular, I remember, um, I think Beto too, just, uh, something to be said there, uh, further on as we cover some other things, 
But talk to me about Keller, man. I mean, this is back-to-back starts where it's been kind of an issue, and it's been back-to-back starts where, for a moment, he looks great. And then this was a little bit of the same thing. Uh, Angels got a couple runs early, but it really wasn't a big deal until the fifth inning. Four runs off of him. He overall leaves after six runs. He only walked one. He got a few more caught looking like that two-seamer was really good. Um, the slurve seemed to be back from mm-hmm. from his last couple where it was looking a little like I think you mentioned last week that it was kind of kind of lazy or whatever, but um, I don't know what your, how you said it, but that's kind of how I felt. But nine hits, six runs. I don't know. What, what do you got here? Obviously, Otani takes him deep and uh, – couple other guys Velasquez with his first homer Ringhifo goes twice but one of them was off Perdomo what do you got here I just I I think he's missing spots I think he's not locating where he wants to locate I did see a little graphic that uh I think I think McHenry reposted it or something like that but anyway it, it was shown his cutter is actually up a tick in velocity and I think the uptick in velocity is flattening it out a little bit um and he's 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 using it lower in the zone now i know that seems weird because you know how the old school pitching thing is like they'll never beat you low just keep it low keep it low keep it low. well now we're working up in the zone and he was keeping it up in the zone early on and he was dominating and now that he's he's working like thighs and down he's still mixing them in high but it's I think he's trying to go high and he's missing low and they're not cutting as much and they're just, they're flat pitches. What was it? He said on, um, on the Velasquez home run. Let me get there. What am I missing here? I'm in the wrong inning. My bad. He hits the home run on, it was on the sweeper. Okay. Yeah, I don't know, because he said something about they, – they asked him about location, and he said something about, like, well, I just throw that pitch as hard as I can. <laughs> and it almost was like, I don't locate that pitch. I literally just throw it as hard as I can and let it take care of it wherever it is. But then he says that he doesn't like the location that it was at. Maybe it wasn't the Velasquez home run. Maybe it was a different one. But either way, it's like, I don't I don't know if I misunderstood that. <laughs> <laughs> like that doesn't seem like the <laughs> It seems like a Mitch Keller answer though. It does. That's a good point. That's a good point. That's interesting. Uh <laughs> I just throw it as hard as I can. Be like I don't, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. And you know when what? That was that. the thing is yeah, he said I don't know what I'm doing wrong. We got to figure that out. And I'm like, "Oh, I remember I remember talking about that. We were like, you have to know what what's going wrong. Like how do you not know?" <laughs> So I think yeah. he was a little more. Um, he did. He did mention that his stuff was good, uh, which I. I mean, I was noticing early on that I thought that the same thing. Um, and of course, if you're listening to Matt Caps call the game, every home run we give up was a great pitch. Like, come yeah. on, man, they're not all great pitches. Sometimes you miss spots. So here's the, here's the here's the quote, and it's my mentality is to throw it hard and let the spin take care of it. It's not exactly where I wanted, but it was in a pretty good spot, and he put a good swing on it. <laughs> and it was on the – and it is – was it the Velasquez? Was it the sweeper? I think that's what they're talking about Okay, right now. Yeah. it was on the edge of the zone. 
And so it wasn't in a bad spot. It's high though. And I don't know that you want it, you know, that far up in the zone. So that's what he's, I guess that's, that kind of echoes what he's saying is, yeah, it's not really in a great spot, but it's not in a really bad spot either. Like it wasn't out over the right. middle. It might've been up, but it wasn't out over the middle. Um, I'm sorry. A guy hits a home run. There, there's, the, there's the quote where they say home runs are, are thrown, not hit. There's some disagreement from me, from my side here. I mean, if you don't put a good swing on it, I don't know that you're necessarily going to hit it out. Unless you're like right. Giancarlo Stanton. There's very few guys. Aaron Judge, you know, like the, the really beefy guys. Mm-hmm. Probably Pete Alonzo, you know what I mean? Those, those guys with like massive strength. Most other, I mean, Andrew Velasquez is not a big guy. He hits one over the fence. He put a good swing on it. Well, who was it? I just seen hit a home run. Bregman. Bregman just hit a home run the other day. Didn't even like he didn't even full swing. Like it was not a good swing. Just launched over the, in the Crawford <laughs> boxes, or it was bomb. No, no, he was. A, it was. I think they were away. They were on the road. Can't so, remember where they were, but still. So maybe a bad take. Maybe you can hit home runs with, without good swings. That, I mean, seems like that's what you're saying. I'll well, take I mean, it. Like, that's fair. You can. You I'll take can, it. But it's not. It's not normal. Obviously. I always. I. I kind of always because Bregman's not huge. No, he's not. So that not defeats everything I just said. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. That's that's fair. I just feel like I mean like it's not like they're using slow pitch softball bats that are right. hot and you can just barely swing and get it through the infield. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe well, it's... the Renhifo, the Renhifo home run right after the Velasquez one. He, he also says, "Yeah, it was just a change up. I was trying to get ahead." Yeah, <laughs> like he he wasn't trying to make a perfect pitch. He was just trying to throw the ball over the plate. And he threw a change up, which not a big. I'm a big change up guy. I, I you we all know this. Yeah. I love the change up. Not sure it's an a pitch. <laughs> Very rarely. Yeah. And I think sometimes with Keller, they're looking off speed to, for that for that very reason. Mm-hmm. I'll let him throw the fastball by me on an 0-0 pitch, but he throws me that soft stuff first pitch. I'm swinging. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, either way, ERA now 401, Jake. I mean, this is no longer. Dude, at one point we talked about Cy Young votes. Yeah. And now it feels ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Uh, at this point in the season, you're not getting back into that discussion. No. But he can still save his season a little bit. Yeah. Just got to see it, it happen. Not, it, it wasn't just us. I mean, you had guys on MLB. You had, uh, what's his face, on MLB Network talking about him. Well, like, that's that's actually not, what I mean, right? Because yeah. I don't think I would have even brought it up in the moment, like when we were talking about it, other than the fact that he was getting that kind of recognition. recognition. So... I'm trying to think here. Four and one. So he was at one point, you're talking seven and one, eight and two, eight and three, nine and three after June, oh and three this month. You know, he's now nine and six, but like seven and one, did I say? Seven and one. He's nine and six. It's just not pretty. Right. 290 ERA in April. Three in May, three fifty six in June, seven oh four in his four starts so far in July. 
July can't end soon enough for Mitch Keller. And I, I imagine right. he's got I mean he's gonna he's had he's gonna have another start in July. But not good. He had one good outing though. I mean, there was a against Arizona, there was a seven inning outing that he went one hit, but four earned runs against the Dodgers, eight against Cleveland, and six against LA. That's three out of four of his last starts that just haven't been sharp. Right. So Mitch Keller's something to watch for right now. If it, man, I mean, without Mitch Keller, uh, I'm I'm starting to to be a little bit concerned even more about the 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 state of our pitching. We've got Priester going in this next game. We don't know who else. I mean, I would assume, uh, I would assume the two, uh, Rich Hill and um, help me out here. I'm gonna blank that bad on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean. yes this is how it goes I love when this happens you do you do Uh, it was probably going to be Oviedo again actually it's probably going to be Oviedo again and I was like it has to be somebody who just pitched so it's probably going to be Oviedo yeah fun we literally just talked about him for a while and that's against San Diego and obviously San Diego we've talked at length about San Diego Um, And they're still just kind of in the same place, but we'll see. They score a lot of runs. If the starting pitching isn't there, you're not going to be able to beat a team like that. But we'll talk about them in a little bit. How about the offense? Or how about let's go to this. Let's kick off the offense by talking about Shohei. We said we were going to talk about Shohei Otani. Let's talk a little bit about Shohei. We can start with the pitching. One for eight Otani was in this series with six strikeouts. He didn't get a hit in the first two games. He gets the solo homer off Keller, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a few walks sprinkled in there, but we don't need to talk about that. It's a Pirates podcast. We held him to one <laughs> for eight with six strikeouts. Yeah. And and he pitches in the first game, and we said we would come back to this. Otani goes six and a third, gives up five runs. He does strike out nine, but come on, he's pitching against the Pirates. But we hit four home runs off of him in this game including two by Henry Davis. It's been everywhere that you could look, except for in the national media, that that's the most home runs he's ever given up in a single game. And Henry Davis becomes the first player to take him deep twice in the same game. Nobody's talking about that. If you look at Otani news on MLB, you mostly just see that he hit a home run off Mitch Keller because narrative. But, boy, if you don't watch baseball and you just watch the Pirates, you're thinking... What's the stink about this guy? <laughs> What's the deal here? Yeah. Um, I don't know. What I mean, what do you what do you think? That's that 350 I talked about last week is now a 371. Yeah, and you know, he's he's going through a little scuffle himself. You know, he hasn't been as sharp in his last X amount of outings. I don't know what it is. I don't dig deep into him, but you know, and we took advantage of it. And I I love I more love than anybody fact, has. Yes, and I love the fact that Henry Davis comes up here and he, and he, he gets two off of him. You know, mm-hmm. the first one he gets him, he pull, pull side. The next one he goes right center. Yeah. Love it. Shohei made an adjustment and so did Davis. Yeah. That's a great sign. It. And then and then to to just go ahead and get uh, out of out of Shohei and go into this offense. He had the double on Sunday as well where he goes to the right side uh off the wall. 
uh, thought mm-hmm. thought off the bat it had a chance. Um, but Henry Davis stinging it well, showing up, big moments. I mean, you're facing Otani, it's a big moment. Actually, yeah. one more thing about Otani there and, and our pitching is I was talking about the game, uh, the Beto game with Majinski and everything, the game that we won. And you saw some... Uh, and and they talked about it a lot on the broadcast. The hardest pitches our pitchers threw were when Otani was in the box. Majinski pumping ninety eight in the you know to to Otani when he didn't hit ninety eight any other time in that out in that outing that I saw. Um, and they certainly leaned into it, right? So if if, yeah. if they saw it, they weren't going to mention it because they were because <laughs> they were trying to make a point. But you know, I mean, that's that goes to show that there's there's a guy there that that kind of gets the best out of you. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe some guys, it maybe some guys it doesn't because obviously it got the best out of us and we shut him down. Uh, but his home run was home run number 36. So maybe, <laughs> maybe there's, you know, some guys saying, bah, he's not that good. And then it's like, Oh wait, yeah, he is yeah. where our guys gave him the respect and went a little extra mm-hmm. on him. You know what I mean? Um, still just doesn't make sense to me that, I mean, Trout was on the injured list. We totally missed him, but imagining those two back to back, knowing that I have to do that. And then I have to do that again. You're going to shorten your outings or you're going to make more mistakes to one of them. Right. I cannot believe they don't win more games. I just cannot (laughs) believe it. It just blows my mind, especially because now they look pretty well-rounded. Yeah. With 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 Moniac actually playing well and and Ward's home run was his twelfth. And you know, they've got some some good players there now. Yeah. That that kind of surround them. I don't really know. But this cabbage dude looks, you know, like he could do he, he looks like he could do some damage. I don't know, you know, what their deal is with him and if this is a new exciting thing for them, but um Kudos to you for having a first baseman. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, boy, we'll talk about that later, maybe. Um, anyway, the offense. Uh, Brian Reynolds for one, five hits um, in the series, and in the last four games, they've scored five runs in three of them. And the one that they didn't, they they won. Now they're, they're two and two in those games, but you know they win a three nothing game but then score five runs. Now, so the problem, obviously, is you can't lose those two games that you score five runs. Right. But at the same time, like we talked last week about Reynolds and production needing to happen, and you can kind of see that he's starting to feel it a little bit. He hit the home run on Sunday, but even without that, he was... When you're hitting it good, you will find your way into some light-hitting hits as well. Yeah. When you're not hitting it what like consistently good those light hitting hits go right at people and you don't always get the hits on them so i think that's a good sign for reynolds hopefully he can start kind of turning some things around there yeah anybody else pagaro's in the hit column anybody else i know you you kind of said is the offense turning a corner though and what was your what was your first question to that <laughs> my first question was what what were we with runners in scoring position and and that's a great point because we ask, is the offense, not just as Brian Reynolds turning a corner, is Henry Davis looking good, but is the offense turning a corner? 0 for 4 in the first game. I'll give you a pass on that game. You had four home runs. Mm-hmm. 0 for 4. You had four. I'll give you a pass on that one. 
two for seven, one for ten. So not great with runners in scoring position. No. Still a lot of work to do. Yeah, I think it was we out hit them, but we couldn't outscore them. So, right. Yeah, uh, Friday out hit them eight to six. Um, in the three nothing win, we out hit them seven to five, and then both teams had ten hits in the last game. So you're out hitting a team, and you're not able to bring them in. Now they were three for seven in the final game with runners in scoring position. Other than that, they didn't have that great either. They had one hit each time or each each day two days before that. So it's not like they were all that much better with runners in scoring position, but for whatever reason. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And and I would say, well, but we gave up a couple runs that we probably shouldn't have. But at the same time, the catcher throws the ball back to the pitcher and he's lazy going after today and Peguero takes home. So we got a run off them that we shouldn't have probably gotten either just from them maybe like a play that you would really like to have back. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so, yeah. you know, those sort of things are are, are going to happen. They're frustrating when they do, but, I mean, it's a long season. Trust me, things like that are going to happen to good teams and bad teams alike. Yeah. So, um, other than that, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if they're turning a corner yet. The runners in scoring position is still a thing, but it it's a maybe. I mean... One of the problems with this team is we stopped hitting home runs. Can you say anything about that? I mean, we hit home runs. You know what I mean? Every one of these games we hit home runs, or a home run at least. You know what I mean? You had Reynolds and then um, Andy Rodriguez. Hey, Andy Rodriguez. First home run. Good thing I thought of that there for a second. But he hit the home run on Saturday, and then obviously four home runs. But... I mean, there was a while where we're like, no, we don't average a home run a game, it felt like. You know what I mean? And yeah. I don't know that we're there, but um, but it's nice to see him with a little bit of power there. Yeah. So, so like, turning a corner, uh, just to kind of full circle this thing around, yeah. turning a corner, I would say, it's definitely trending upward. I mean, we're, we're hitting the ball again, you know? Let's just try coming through in the big spots and getting the... the runners in linking those hits together. Yeah, that's the big thing. Getting hits to like together in the same inning. Uh, yeah. Piling on. That's the next step. Um I, I haven't looked up uh the data on uh whether we're taking pitches as much. I haven't looked the stuff up. I assume I mean I'm still watching them. I mean Jack sw- struck out looking again today. And so I, I mean I know it was it's in the ninth too, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's it's a borderline pitch. You, you, we we talk about this all the time. Those borderline pitches with two strikes, man, you've got to you've got to offer. Yeah, you've got to offer at those. I, you can't be afraid to chase, and I think right. that when that chase rate is so good, sometimes maybe you could use a little bit of chase, meaning yeah. that you're trying to protect. And yeah. if you miss something that's just off the edge, man, at this point. For Pirate fans, I think that would be like, ah, it's all right, at least you swung. <laughs> I think because if we start complaining about swinging at pitches out of the zone, then we're just never happy. Right. You right. know what I'm saying? Like right now, our problem is taking specifically strike three. If we yeah. start swinging at balls that are just off the edge, like, hey, life isn't perfect, man. Like we're going to have <laughs> to figure out how those borderline pitches, we're, we're either okay with them taking them or we're okay with them chasing them. You right. can't have it, both. Every once in a while, you're allowed to say, hey, that was a good pitch. Well played. Yeah. You know what I yeah, mean? Just not as often so, as Matt Caps. 
<laughs> Everything's a good pitch to the old pitcher. <laughs> Come on, capper. Oh, I don't. Yeah, whatever. Okay, so let's move into something different here because we've had some conversations and we've um, we're all frustrated. Jason Mackey put out the tweet today. Pirates are twenty three and forty eight since starting twenty and eight, and and every week somebody tweets this out mm-hmm. and reminds us what their winning percentage is, and it's a three twenty four winning percentage since then. That's awful. That's really bad. That's really bad. Talent wise, this team shouldn't be that bad. Right. We know that. We know they're playing bad on top of things. Right. We get that. Or else we wouldn't be rooting for them to do better. We would just say, right. this is what it is. Which some Pirate fans, uh, you know, as oblivious as they are, they do say that. But he also mentions that there are 63 games left. If they continue at 324, they will go 20 and 43 in those games, and they will be 63 and 99. One game better than last year, he finishes. So the yeah. thing is, is like, first off, 324 is, to me, I don't think that that's what's going to continue to happen. At some point, even if it's just for a month, for half a month, you start to win a few games, you get into one little seven-game win streak or something like that. I'm not sure if that's in there or not. You just never know. It was in there for the A's, and they're way worse. So it can happen. Yeah. Throw in one streak like that, and, and 324 won't happen. Right. You know what I'm saying? And you get O'Neill Cruz back, you start getting these guys that are in the game right now, some seasoning, some experience, and hopefully if pitching can go on some sort of run where they improve a little bit, it's just not likely to continue. But if it does, we're still, you know, you still might avoid, I mean, like even if it's 95 losses, that's not much better, right? Right. So even if it does continue at this rate and it's 95 losses, first off, do you think, I mean, it sounds like you're definitely thinking it's not going to happen. Last week you said they won't finish last. Right. So if, I mean, if they have 99 losses, they're in last place. I agree with that statement. I, I think if they have 95 losses, they're in last place because the Cubs aren't stopping yet. Right. The Reds just ran five straight off after they started slumping. And now they've got Milwaukee to go. They're they're right in the thick of this thing. Right. <laughs> they're not giving up. Um, so with that said, this is year four of a rebuild. Mm-hmm. We said at the beginning of the year, we had our thoughts of how good we thought they were going to be. Right? Yeah. They may not get to that point. That's 10 games different than what I picked, what he just said. is 10 games different. I'm not sure my prediction is safe anymore. Right. You know what I'm saying? And, and when you go in these big, long streaks like this, that's what happens. Mm-hmm. You underperform. But what is underperforming? I mean, I picked them to lose almost 90 games. You know what I mean? Like, what do I expect yeah. from this team? We all knew that this was a growth year. We all knew it. Mm-hmm. This is in the cards. Go back and listen. Oh, shoot. If I actually knew what episode it was, you'd be listening to a bunch of things. Actually, I would like that. I'm just kidding. Go back and listen. Like, remember back, if you were if you were listening to us at the beginning of the year, I did a 
big breakdown of rebuilds and who's done rebuilds that are similar to what we've seen. None of them were winning in year four. That's unrealistic in this type of rebuild, a complete blow up. It's unrealistic. Now it can happen. Don't get me wrong. I, I believe it can happen. Sometimes those teams that are early, they regress the year after, but either way, the two that we really kind of pointed out were Houston because they've had such a lot of success after that, cheating mm-hmm. or not. They they have great they've had great players, right? And they, right. and they sustained that for a long time. Um they went through 4 years, 3 straight 100 loss seasons and a 92 loss season before turning it around. They weren't in the playoffs the next year, they were above 500 though. And they right. you could tell there was a clear turnaround as they continued. And then I believe they were in the world series the very next year. We're looking now at Baltimore and they were the other example that we used. And we said year four, Baltimore had 110 losses in year four of their rebuild. And then they turned it around. They were over 500 and they missed the playoffs. And then this year they're in first place in that division. I, I, I will check here to see if they are still in first place. They are. They're actually two games in first place right now over Tampa Bay and the start that they had. Yeah. Same amount of wins, but four less losses, which is the one that really matters. Right. And you're talking, this is this is Baltimore. So that means in the year 2025, if everything continues to go the way it is for Baltimore, we're right there. Yeah. Now, it's not that easy, <laughs> right? You still have to execute. So you can have your doubts on whether or not they're going to execute next year and the year after that. But next year, we should hold this team to the standard that a lot of fans are already trying to hold them to. And I think that it's probably just a year early. I think it's realistic to say it's just a year early. Yeah. Yeah, and and to go backwards a little bit... um, when you were talking about is is when you go on runs like this and are they playing worse than than the talent that's on the team all all that kind of stuff when you were talking about that all I could think in my head was the start of the year that the Cardinals had. There's no reason they should have been play, they they should have had a record like that. There's way too much talent on that team. It happens. It happens to good players. It happens to great players. It happens to bad players. It happens to all players. It happens to all teams. Not not every year is it going to happen to all teams, but you know th- things like this happen to even teams that have good players on their team. St. Louis so I, is I, I, still I, on that pace; they're still, but they're playing they're playing better now. Not right now. I mean, they just lost three. They're they're only a game. They're only a half game different than us. Right, but they well, had a but, lot we, of but they up didn't to start do. to a twenty and eight. You're right. They had right. a lot of catching up to it do. Was, there was the opposite. Yeah, and they're six and four in their last ten, but. They, but their problem is pitching, right? And so, mm-hmm. you know, they're in fourth place, but they should be in fourth place. The Cubs are the team that's kind of the weird team in the in the division right now because they're scoring way more runs than they're giving up. Yeah. I mean, they have a plus 41, and they have a losing record. It just yeah, doesn't make sense. That. Everyone else in the division is, is on the bottom side of that. Yeah. Um, you know, and we've talked about these central divisions. I mean, Minnesota's in first place over there on the other side, they're plus 43. They're in first place. That makes sense. Everybody else is not. Right. Um, right. You know, so Kansas City is negative 169. Oakland is negative 258. Imagine being that. 
Yeah. We're just at a negative 74, man. We're chilling. I mean, we're not even Colorado at this point. Right. But it's just, I mean, it just goes to show you that sometimes the winds don't fall into place and, and, and the losses can compile and it sucks. Like well, I mean, a, San Diego and New York Mets are probably the big examples right now. I mean, they're loaded with right. talent. They're not playing well. And right. I, I don't, it's a completely different situation, but the idea is you have to play the games. And when you're a young team, sometimes it can just catch fire and go. Look at the Cincinnati Reds. Other times, man, it can just pile up on you. And that's what's happened to the Pirates right now. And it's not an excuse. No. They're playing bad. Right. And, but it's like not... It's not unheard of. This isn't crazy right. that it's happening. I, I think it's been longer than I thought, and that's the big thing for me is that they've got to figure out a way to right the ship. And you know what? We I had some conversations with, with some people uh, specifically after my rant. And the piece that you know you don't the piece that you don't notice out of this, and I alluded to it, but I didn't go into it. But like, what is Derek Shelton doing right now? What is he yeah. doing to change the culture in that in that clubhouse? What is he doing to hold people accountable? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like somebody said, uh, Derek Shelton isn't yelling at the players, so Rich Hill's taking it upon himself to do it. First off, not your job, Rich Hill. Right. But also, it is your job, Derek Shelton, that if there is something, it's just, I, I just don't know what's going on there. And that's my biggest question, and that's been our biggest question, is, is not like directly related to that, but you and I have talked a few times about why aren't you going out there and standing up for your players? Right. What is this? Why are we so passive about everything? And it was and it was weird because when we were playing well, he seemed to do it a little bit. Oh, but we, barely. We we it was like barely. one or two times. Yeah, yeah. And 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 when he did it, we made sure we said something about it. Like it was it was good to see. Like go out and fight for your guys. But when there we're playing to, bad, it seems like he's just like, meh. Yeah, there has to be something there for me. He's yeah. got the extension. He's not going anywhere. Right. They'll put it on someone else. It'll be on Andy Haynes or or whatever. It won't be on Derek Shelton. And and I'm not even like I'm not all the way there right now. I know there's a lot of Derek Shelton haters. I'm obviously you lose a bunch of games, you're gonna hate the manager. That makes sense. <laughs> I'm not quite there, but that makes sense. That's like a really loud noise. Okay, uh, but you know what I mean. Like for me, <laughs> squirrel. <laughs> you can't kill it. <laughs> anyway, I, I question where that is and and why we're not seeing something yeah, from Derek Shelton because that's going to change this. We don't have a lot more time. Um, but let me ask you this question because I know we, we planned on maybe going deeper into this, maybe not, seeing where the conversation goes. But over the course of this quote-unquote rebuild, we've said things like, guys, we won't see this roster there when we're winning. We said this about the time that even, even Diego Castillo, we were pulling for Diego Castillo to play, but we still knew Diego Castillo was not, could have been, but was not likely in the plans, right? Right. And why did we point to that other than to say, yeah, but there's this guy, Nick Gonzalez, who we think could be, well, here we are. 
Mm -hmm. You look around this team right now, and the reason we've said that people aren't part of the future is because we assumed that you'd have some of Nick Gonzalez, Henry Davis, Andy Rodriguez, Leo Vipaguero, Tucapita Marcano, Rodolfo Castro, O'Neill Cruz. I don't know if we were talking about Jack Swinsky until Jack Swinsky came up, <laughs> but we, you know, Cal Mitchell, Kanan Smith, um, Travis Swaggerty, right? And, and you know, and we, this is what we talked about. You have to have a bunch because, you know, some will drop off, some will mm -hmm. stick, and you question whether or not this guy will stick this time. And that's the kind of like Diego Castillo conversation we had. Does this guy stick? At the beginning, we liked what we saw from him. Now, it quickly faded, and right. we were like, yeah, maybe not. And, and <laughs> well, G I didn't mention Jiwan Bay there. Um, that's trying to be fair to everybody. But, mm -hmm. like, you know, now all of a sudden, I, I mean, I'll raise my hand, and I said, I don't know about Triolo. I'm not buying in. It's been better than what I would have thought. Mm -hmm. um, so of this group, we're still saying the same things. Let's be consistent if Nick Gonzalez sticks. Mm -hmm. But these are the kind of guys that we've said, no, we think that these guys have a better chance to do it than say, I'm I'm picking on Diego Castillo right now, but it's just the first guy that came to my mind. He plays the same position as Nick Gonzalez uh, <laughs> for the most part. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, we're not talking about the van yeah. meters. Like, we knew they were never. We knew Yoshi right. was never a part of anything. We can say the same thing about Santana and Choi right now. Mm -hmm. They've never been considered part of this. They were leaders to help these young guys navigate through exactly what they're going through right now. Yeah. So we'll do this quickly. I'm looking at the time. We'll do this quickly. How, I mean, like next year you have to see growth, but what do you see around this field? I'm going to leave first base open. We don't know. Straight mm -hmm. up. We have no idea about first base. It has to be a free agent. I don't think there's, I don't think that, um, Mason Martin is going to all of a sudden come from double A and just shoot straight up and say, I'm going to Jack Sawinski this thing. It's, I, I just don't see it yet. Right. Um, right. I, you know what I mean? And any of these guys could, could get better at any moment, but like yeah. Nunez, the same thing. Like, I'm just not seeing it. He's been, he's been hurt a bit. What do you do? I don't know. Do you just call up Mason Martin? If you trade away some of these guys and just say, Hey, have at it, man. Let's see what we got. It'd be interesting. <laughs> and then just Nothing let him else. go if it doesn't work. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah, say and like, on. here's the thing. If we're ready to move on from him and we're going to trade away Santana and or Choi, what would happen if you just said, hey, watch this. Mason Martin, put up or shut up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, that would be interesting. But it either really way, would. let's. I just wasted that time. That's all right. <laughs> Nick Gonzalez is second base. Um, or who, right? But like, right. is this a guy that you think is part of a team that could that could be good? Yeah, I do. I mean, okay. Well, let's just. I mean, like quickly, right? Like, we're not yep. going to go deep. Yep. So, guys, listen. There are. There's going to be some confidence in what we say, and there's going to be some conditional things. Like, we know that any of these guys could not work out. Right. But O'Neill Cruz, I think that's a pretty easy one. Right. Yeah. Key Brian. I, I yeah. I mean yeah. <laughs> I mean, the contract alone, right? But Right. So then how about some of these backups? Like, who do you think sticks around? Like, Triolo. I think that's a good one. I, I think I'm in right now. Yeah. Uh, Piguero, maybe too early to say. I mean, that's kind of unfair. Mm -hmm. Bay or Castro. 
Maybe one, one of, of them. them. One of them. One of them. I'm the same boat. I'm, one I'm, of them. I'm, I'm thinking more on the Bay side just because he can go to the outfield as well. Okay. And I think I would lean Castro. If he can figure it out, I think there's a better upside for a part-time player from Castro than than Bay. But um, but like I said, it, that, that could teeter-totter. That could flip-flop. And then obviously Brian Reynolds. Is Jack Sawinski a guy or is he like a a bridge player again? I mean that that to me that's the t- the tough one. I, I I think the power's there, so yeah. I like to say yes. If he could hit six or seven in your lineup, dude, mm-hmm. or even fifth, really, I like five or six to be honest. He's done his best work in the fives hole. So, how about Andrew McCutcheon? I mean, you're talking about he's got to play two more years to get to this place. I mean, they'll be fun next year if if things go right. But if he's trying to win a ring, like he's not going to have a shot. I mean. I say he's not going to have a shot. I'm guessing he's not going to have a shot next year. Right. You're talking two more years. I don't know. When does Henry Davis play his way there? We don't have a center fielder. We don't have a first baseman. And there's a lot of holes in pitching. That's what I would say. Yeah. When you say that, though, when you say that, you're not that far. No. All you need now is growth. Yeah. And I've seen... I've seen comments about there's nobody here. We didn't spend enough money. We got to bring up all these young guys. I think that's the point. The young guys, these specific <laughs> young guys are the guys that should make this thing turn yeah. around. That's what happened in Houston. That's what happened in Baltimore. That's what happens mm-hmm. in all of these rebuilds is like, that's what you've planned and built. Yep. So I don't think this is a give up moment. This is still exactly what it was at the beginning of the year. Had we not gone mm-hmm. 20 and 8 in April, these conversations wouldn't even be happening. Right. It gave us all false hope that this was a competitive team this year. And I'm not trying to dog them right now. It's just not It could have been magical, but it would have been magical. Right, exactly. You know what I mean? Like it wouldn't have been like, well, yeah, they they're, they're just good. And it's like, well, that was unexpected. <laughs> You know what right. I'm saying? The 20 and 8, right. if they would have continued, not even at that pace, but if they were in the mix right now, that's considered unexpected. What the Reds are doing right now is unexpected. Yeah, for sure. Not that they not that we didn't see them being good next year, but it's unexpected, especially with the three young pitchers being out. Right. All right, so Padres are still in fourth place. They're still playing like 500-ish ball in the recent games. I I don't really know that there's a whole lot to love about the San Diego Padres. I think they're out of it. I think they've blown themselves out of it. They're only 10 games back in the division, but they're they're behind the Dodgers in, in, in Arizona. I, I don't think San Francisco, who's tied with Arizona right now, I don't think they finished there. Maybe they do. I, I see Arizona maybe splitting. Maybe not. Maybe because they're young. Dodgers will win the division. Yeah. They just will. But I don't know. San Diego, three games, Monday, Wednesday, or Monday through Wednesday, a couple 9.30, 9.40 games or whatever, and then they um, and then they have the day game on Wednesday. Day-ish game on Wednesday. I think it's a, it's a 4.10 game, Eastern. So, not really a workday game. I like the workday games myself. I know a lot of people don't, but, like, I have this, you know, work-from-home job, so... I can right. throw it up on one screen and just have the game on while I'm working, and it's it's good background music. But I don't know, man. Um, 
we're gonna ha- we're gonna have some maybe some answers to some questions. Uh, they got you, Darvish, Blake Snell, and Seth Lugo. So it's kind of all over the place uh, as far as the offense goes. Sorry, I kind of leaned into that without clarifying. But as far as the offense goes, we'll see if the, if turning a corner is what just happened, or if they were just right. playing against the Angels. <laughs> I don't yeah. know, but that's all I got, man. Hopefully, we at least take one. Just don't get swept. That's okay. where I'm at. Yeah. Eventually, we need to win a series. Right. Okay. That was. It was like just, you said. Right. That you were going to say something else too. But I'm just looking at their pictures, and I'm just like, right. Maybe not this one. <laughs> Fair enough. Hey guys, if you uh, if you enjoy some Shark Week, let me know about it. I'll be watching when I can. But happy Shark Week, everybody. Let's go, yeah. Bucks. Let's go, Bucks. Thanks for listening to my dad and Uncle Jake on the Bridge to Bucktober podcast. Follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Bridge the Number Two Bucktober. Don't forget to subscribe so you know when new episodes are released. Clear the deck, cannonball coming, and let's go, Bucks. <laughs>